0: You are listening to episode 172 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan.
1: Hey, everybody, here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we point, click, and slap stick our way through a magic adventure in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge.
0: So this week, we kept on our word and decided to play a little bit of Discworld on the PlayStation 1. So we had John Rue on a couple weeks ago uh, from the Retro Roo Room. Talked about this and was like, we got to play this, dude. And what a word it was. Many words. Many words. Uh, it's good, though. So we'll uh, we'll chat about that in our Inflation Deflation segment at the uh, bottom of the episode. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit pickups and currently playing. So John, I'm going first this week. You're going to take too much time. I'll be Elden fast. Ring is out
1: Do you have your copy?
0: No. I do. So my copy is in the mail still and being delivered by GameStop. And I'm probably not going to get the special edition ring, which means I got to go in and get my damn ring as well. Uh, And they messed up my order. So I got to just stop ordering from them online, dude. Gosh. So I paid with PayPal and they're like, oh, well, PayPal just has issues. It just doesn't process payment. So what ends up happening is the order gets held. I'm like, you guys didn't think to like maybe save us on your website. Like if you're doing a pre-order with PayPal, this could potentially happen. So I was there for the extra protection obviously. Um, but yeah, so I had to reorder If you're my credit card anyways, which means giving my credit card number over to phone to some employee at GameStop, which I don't really like to do to begin with. And now it's supposed to be Monday, but it arrives. And with my luck collector's edition box, will have damage and other stuff on it just because that's my luck. And I still don't have a PlayStation five, so I won't be able to play it till I have a PS five. Unfortunately, who knows oh. when that'll be so keeping my eyes peeled i'm, I'm hoping for that amazon ps5 release poor tarnished. to happen like with my luck it'll it'll have taken place while we record so that's why i'm gonna look like literally right now but let me just quickly go through my pickups because you're gonna take a long time on Elden ring and i, I won't be able to bring up anything because we're gonna go like an hour in just on pickups dude so uh, I will quickly say that I picked up some more magic cards. I'm going to be playing a mono red burn deck in standard. That's fun. So I've got a couple Chandra's picked up. I got some Den of the Bugbears. And the rest of it is just like little one drop and two drop creatures just ping you constantly. And a couple big flyers at the end that I can use. Still waiting for everything to come in, but pretty sure it'll be good. Um, and then also I tied for first this week in a magic tournament. So nice. Um, one of the guys that plays out there, I told him like, dude, I don't want to play my mono green this week. I'm like, I just want to play something different. He's like, I'll loan you my deck if you want the one that I played with last week and he had a new deck he was trying out. I said, okay, cool. So played his deck and we actually faced off in the end against oh, each nice. other. So I was like, do you want to just split first? Because we only had six players and all of the prize was going to first place. So I was like, let's just split it. We'll both get 15 bucks in store credit and a promo card and we're good to go. So we did that um so that was my pickups and then uh, currently playing still playing some pokemon and i am let's see i just quelled voltorb so yeah is it voltorb no electrode, electrode not voltorb i always mix those up I, i'm confused because like in the electrode battle voltorbs are flying out from mm. electrode and they're blowing up constantly so i'm like seeing voltorb constantly and then there was a bunch of Voltorb bleeding to it and i just i got through it so quick i was half asleep as i was playing it you know how i am where yeah. i fall asleep while playing so that was happening uh but i ended still up still really happy yeah i like it it's pretty good so i'm in the um the fourth area right now and then going into the fifth i'm just going to at this point like i was considering let me capture all the pokemon complete the full pokédex get arceus and all that stuff or arceus and I'm just like, eh, I just want to complete the game at this point. Not that I don't like it. It's just I'm looking at time and what I need to complete to get to my new game's resolution. I'm like I just got to pick it up and go. And then I got a lot of travel and stuff coming up in the next few months, so that doesn't help the situation. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta start considering like when I'm out of town, what's happening, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, that that's it for me, dude. Well, Arceus is a game you could take with you. It is, but if I'm on business trips and doing stuff like that, I don't have time, unfortunately. So, my time usually is once I'm done with whatever I'm doing, I just go to my room and watch South Park and go to sleep. There you go. Yeah, it's usually what happens. All right. Talk Elden Ring. I, oh, I need you to, also I need to hear got uh, that Mega Man. I, got, I mentioned that last week, I thought. Oh, you did? Yeah, Monster to Mega Man, uh, Willy Wars, whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I just saw it this week. It yeah, funny. you saw it this week. I didn't show you last week. I forgot to.
1: Elden Ring. I got Elden Ring. Uh, I preloaded it, and it was a nightmare watching it be on my Xbox, and I would click it, and it'd be like, no, you're too soon. And I knew that it wasn't going to be available until 10 p.m., but I kept trying. Yeah. So, you know, with uh, times being what they are, I went to bed like a good boy at a reasonable hour, and then I woke up at 3.30 and started playing. 3.30 in the morning, really? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't intend to do that. I just woke up and I was like, it's Elden Ring Day. And so I just got up and started playing instead.
0: (laughs) Elden Ring Day. Yeah. It's a new national holiday.
1: It's really awesome. Um, I probably put like six or seven hours in or more maybe. I don't know. On my first day. Uh, I started as the bandit class, I got up to level 22, I explored a bunch of the map, I mean I hadn't been completely avoiding spoilers, Uh, for the most part I only know stuff about the first area, so I felt like I knew a little bit more and uh, I was able to, you know, explore, do a lot, I didn't fight like any of the main bosses yet, because it's so intimidating, like, I had started playing Dark Souls 2 the day before to get ready for this, to get back in that mindset, and um, I was playing, like, a, a dual sword user, and then I was having a really hard time, so I switched over to Magic, because I've never really tried Magic in any of the Souls games before, and it was, like, so much easier. Like, I was just, like, rolling through Dark Souls 2 on that guy. And I was like, okay, I know there's going to be a lot more magic in Elden Ring. And by the time I was level 22 and I was like, the bandit starts with like a knife and not great armor and a bow. And I was having a really good time, but it just wasn't what I wanted. Like I really wanted to get a lance and I really wanted to get, you know... I uh, just something else. like I wasn't super comfortable with my character and my playstyle. I wanted magic. I only had like one spell, but I needed to be like level eighteen and in int to get it. And so by the time I ground you know, grinded that stat out, I was just like, man, now if I wanna I finally got the lance, I'm gonna need eight more levels in strength to be able to use that. That's gonna take me forever, you know, hitting my head against the wall. So I started over day two. Restart as the prisoner class. I went through, I looked at the numbers, and boom, dude, I caught up to where I was in maybe like three and a half hours because I knew all the places that I needed to go to get all the gear that I needed. I, you know, already kind of knew how to fight the bosses. I started off with a really good weapon and magic, and uh, the summons make it really easy. Like, this is definitely the easiest Souls game that I've played uh there's so much that you can do to help yourself out and also it's like it's one of those things where they didn't add an easy mode they just made it so like you've always been able to like summon a you know spirit npc to help you fight a boss or a real human ally to help you fight a boss and that makes it way easier so on top of that you also can summon these like smaller spirit summons that are like a pack of wolves or a couple knights or a jellyfish or whatever. and they're like enemies that are out in the world., uh, you can only summon them for tougher fights, but not exclusively like, you know, touch the miss and go into the boss room fights. You could do it more often than that. And those just make a lot of fights easier. So like if you have that, and you have the NPC summon or ally summon, now you've got like a whole gang of you fighting the boss. So I've been doing that to cheese through things because like just not super interested in banging my head against the wall right now. And I'm having a really good time. Like I got a katana. I got a couple spells. Now I did beat Godric. Who's like the first really big boss. Like you would consider him like one of like the, the Lords from like the other games Mm -hmm. kind of level. So, I'll be starting to move on to other areas now and start to really open up and see more of the game that I haven't yet. So, I'm really excited to do more of that. Um, So, I and I may have even put the cart before the horse with this one because, on top of getting Elden Ring and beating or playing Elden Ring, I beat Dante's Inferno. Oh, nice. Inflation, deflation coming soon on that, maybe. You know, okay. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll talk more about that in depth maybe <clears throat> next week. This, I guess this
0: is the first time you knocked out yeah. your New Game's resolution. New Game's me. resolution done, son. Nice.
1: Yeah. yeah so I have started mine. I know it. It feels really good to have it out of the way. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it. You know, I think maybe next week I'll do like a full little yeah, yeah. thing on it, full blown review. Uh, but it was really fun uh by the end of it the one thing that i will say i want to amend what i talked about with the game last time uh i didn't realize that i was playing on a harder difficulty i think you mentioned that did i yeah pretty sure you did okay because i didn't realize i was playing on like a harder difficulty and then like once i toned the difficulty down it didn't feel like i was just like having to hit enemies forever like i only turned it down to beat lucifer the last boss Because it was just so hard. And I had to do that in, like, God of War. Like, in the first God of War, I could not beat, like, the big fight where you get all giant, you've got the sword, and you're, like, wrestling the health back and forth. I just couldn't do it. So it's like, I have no problems toning down, like, a final boss just to beat off the game. And it was, um, in the end, I think there was a lot of choices that I made that made the game not as good as it could have been. So I think I was kind of shorting it. Gotcha.
0: Well, it's good to hear you beat it. I got to get started on some, uh, you know, Majora's Mask here and Ocarina of Time. So, but dude, uh, I'm excited to hear more about that game for sure. I know my my wife played it not too long ago. She beat it, definitely enjoyed it. Um, I know you were having kind of a a tough time when you, I think it was last week, you had mentioned it just wasn't like as engaging as like a God of War for you. And and uh, I think a lot of that was my fault because like
1: there's two, I'll just talk about. There's two trees in it. You just like the evil tree and the good tree. And I was focusing all my energies on just leveling up the good tree. And I ignored some of the things that are at the bottom. There's like a zero level where you don't have to do a bunch of bad stuff to get bad points to be able to invest in the tree. You can have a level zero. And a lot of that was like, oh, here's a follow-up strong attack. The whole game I've been going through And I don't have a combo for my strong attack, but it's just the same attack over and over. So that was my fault. Like I made the game redundant and repetitive and my own attacks less effective by ignoring reading those options and not selecting them. Yeah. And waiting forever to get other things. So it's like, you know, some of that was definitely my fault. And like I said, I was playing on a harder difficulty without realizing it. So it's like, I would not have had a lot of the trouble that, you know, I was having had I realized or remembered that I had set that difficulty up. So, in retrospect, it was much better. I definitely think that it was worth my time going back to. Um, I do think that, you know, there is a reason that we don't have more of these. I think God of War is still way better. Um, I think that the story was kind of the weakest part for me. Like your guy that you're playing is, is like a total asshole character. Like he's not a good person. So it's kind of hard to like, like Kratos is not a good person, but he's like the anti-hero of the story. And you still are like, yeah, go Kratos. And this guy, it's just like, dude you suck like you did all this horrible stuff like why am i helping you fight your way through hell yeah and it's just like the the other characters just aren't really good like the bad guy in this game is like the devil and
0: i would I would hope so he's in hell
1: yeah he's doing like i, I don't know he's tempting you and he's like seducing your woman and and doing evil stuff, but he's not, like... Like the devil should. <laughs> well, like, Ares had, like, personality and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you didn't even see... He wasn't even, like, in the game too much. But, like, he was a much better bad guy. This guy's just very generic and uninteresting. And none of the other characters really have, like, as much... Like, there's this uh, part where you have fight your sister's or your wife's brother that you betrayed because when you went berserk and killed like all of the people during the crusade and like the lords came by and they were like, who did this? Because like you went on like a blood bath and your brother's like, it was me. It sounds like like
0: Jerry Springer in video games.
1: Yeah. So like the brother like stands up for you so you don't get condemned for it. So he goes to hell and then you're fighting your way through hell to rescue his sister. You have to fight him. And it's like, uh, what's going on here? Like I betrayed him and now I have to kill him so that I can save his sister. And it's like, there's not like a, a good moral stance or there's not like, it doesn't make sense. Like there's nobody to root for.
0: Gotcha. So like, kind of, I
1: would rather that the brother kill me and I get stopped. Like, trying to get past him again is kind of like, I don't know, what am I doing here?
0: So it falls flat in a way.
1: Uh, yeah, it's so, hard to describe. I, I don't have good words for it.
0: So basically, it's somebody... Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Is it worth buying at its rate? I think it's like ten bucks.
1: Uh, It's worth game passing. If you have game pass, game pass it. Okay. I don't think I would buy it. I would buy... Whatever the cheapest God of War game is, and play that. If you haven't played the God of War on the PSP, it's good. Download that. I'm sure you could probably download that for ten bucks on something.
0: That, or just pick up the God of War like Unchained Collection or whatever it is on PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking a, a really quick step back to Elden Ring, though, would you recommend that somebody buys this right now oh, or yeah. wait? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. This is. What's your favorite part about it so far?
1: Um. The parts where I play it are my favorite. Uh, Well, I was thinking about this on the way in. So, like, Horizon Forbidden West just came out. People love that. God of War is supposed to come out later this year, pending any last-minute delays. People are going to love that. Elden Ring's out. Dude, it's going to be a hot game of the year contender this year. Oh, it'll win. Like, there's no way it does. I mean, people are saying that this might be the best game ever. And I think that it's got a lot of merit. Um the visuals are like stunning. like I was thinking about it like as interconnected as the world of any of the Dark Souls games is in this game, like the fact that like I know that I could be like I'm in Stormvale Castle right now. And I can just go from like where I am all the way at the top there, like run all the way through the castle, down the mountain, down the cliffside, past the storm giants, through the gully, through like the night's camp, all the way down to the lake, all the way down through the forest, and it's like this huge expanse, and it's like that's literally just the first map. Oh, just God, the starting area. So bad. Like the immenseness, I can't wait to see where these other parts are going to take me to and see, like, like I looked at, after I beat that first lord, uh, I went back to basically, like, the equivalent of, like, Firelink Shrine. Yeah. And um, the guy's like, well, here's all these other lords now. And it's like, oh, my God, there's, like, there's like seven of these guys that I have to fight. Nice. And there's, like, so much more because, like. I feel like Breath of the Wild moment, you know, for this. Like, I really think that there's a lot in common between, like, the Souls and Zelda. I mean, it's kind of like grown-up Zelda in a lot of ways. You know, very yeah similar in those senses where, like, old Zelda was like, you were in Hyrule Field and everything was connected and you could go from place to place. Yeah. But it wasn't, you would never call it an open world. Same way with the old Dark Souls. Like, you'd never call those open world, even though everything's all connected by ladders and swooping paths and stuff. But you get that same feeling like you do with Breath of the Wild. But instead of, like, in Breath of the Wild, where eventually I hit that wall where it was like, okay, there's just, like, these four temples that I got to go in, and they're basically all kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's has so much more deep diversity in this game, yeah, like I've already been like kidnapped and taken to this like weird underground crystal mine where there's these like big centipede people running around, and everything one shot me, so I needed to just sneak my way out to get to the surface, and I was in this totally like alien looking place to the whole rest of the world. And eventually I ran back to like the starting area where I was supposed to be in. And it's like there's also the difference in this game where like every Souls game has had somebody who's like, oh, I just beat the whole game level one naked using only my fists and took no damage. Yeah, You know, like there's a speed run out there for back to backing every Souls game without dying. Damn. And people have done it. Multiple people have done it. Yeah. And they compete for times on this, playing every Souls game in a row without dying once and killing everything. I could not do that. It's crazy. So, like, Souls games are fair in that way. Like, if you can play the game, you can go anywhere and beat anything, and the gear is not a restriction. Those are just ways to make the game easier for you. So, you get intimidated Because it's such a big world and they don't give you much more direction than they did in other Souls games. Like at your bonfires, there will be like a little arrow on your map that kind of points a general direction from there. And then if you hit another bonfire, it'll give you kind of another arrow with a general direction. But it's like, I know I have to go up to the castle, yeah. Like, they're just pointing generally toward the castle. They're not giving me any more specific direction than that. I wonder if you could turn that off. Uh, I, You probably can, but, I mean, either way, it's just... It's not going to give you any real... Like, you're going to go to that place eventually anyways playing the game. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many options for, like... Crafting things, summoning things, ways to get around those obstacles. And then the fact that if you're just get good, you can get around anything anyways. Yeah. That it's like, I find myself being more hesitant to go places because it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be like the right level. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. So it's like, I'm really excited for where I'm going to go next because I finally finished the starting area. And I'm wondering to myself, like. What if I just got on my horse and rode all the way through the next two areas and just got to the fourth area and just started playing again there or something crazy? Like, theoretically, I should be able to do that. I don't need, like, an HM1 cut to get through some tunnel or something. I just need to get there without dying and find a save point and then start
0: fighting. Some of the Souls games, you need, like, keys and stuff to get behind certain doors or, like... Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily spells or anything, but yeah, at least in the Souls games in the past, like, oh, I can't get behind this door because I need a key. There's ways to sometimes sneak around into various areas, but yeah, usually there's some sort of barrier sometimes when it comes to like critical story component areas, mm-hmm. which could in fact be like that fourth area or fifth area, whatever it may be. But yeah, it sounds like a good time, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, once I get my copy, I think I'll do like a small unboxing video. You know, and put it on our Twitter and whatnot cool. and, and kind of go from there. And then hopefully I can get a PS5 and play the damn game. Right. Uh, but I still have those two new games resolutions I got to do as well. So, oh, man. I would advise you get those done oh, honestly, before Elden Ring comes. Because well, before PS5 comes.
1: Before PS5 comes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I think that's what I'm going to end up having to do is just... You
1: need a clear schedule. Yeah,
0: I need to. So I'm thinking tonight if I have a chance, I'm going to maybe blaze through Pokemon honestly because i like most of my stuff's like a little 50 plus so i should be able to go through it pretty fast how far do you think you are in the game i don't think i have much longer to go okay to be honest so so we'll see i'm probably about 20 hours in and i would guess the game's maybe 30 hours total at like hold on let's just look it up because i don't think it's that long of a game to be honest so we'll say how long to beat i know i'm still on Oh, like, go on.
1: Like, so that's, like, the one thing. Like, so my first playthrough with all the wonderment and exploring of the world, it took me, like, you know, maybe 10 hours. And now I'm, like, maybe five hours in on the second character, and I'm already further than that. People are saying they've been playing this game for, like, 60-plus hours and still aren't done with all the main bosses.
0: <laughs> um. So, wait, 60 hours?
1: Jeez. But it's, like, that's the thing. Like, I've done... A, more than 11 hours worth of work compared to my first playthrough in less than half the time Gotcha. because I'm not measuring all of that wonderment and exploration. I know where to go. I, yeah. I immediately was like, if I run here, I can get a really good weapon and then I can go here and I can get this. And it's like all that stuff. I had way more gear and stuff by the time I got there and I'm just blowing through it because I started with magic and a sword that is way better than the little knife that the bandit has. Yeah. So like what took me forever to do with a little knife and a lot of planning, I can just cast spells and stab people. <laughs> True.
0: Well, um, so looking at, uh, Arceus here, Arceus, uh, 23 and a half hours is the main story. So I should a cool, here you'll be here tonight. Yeah. I should be pretty soon. Uh, okay. So this week, uh, well, first off, you can find this podcast episode on all of your favorite podcast applications out there, including the one you're listening to now, and leave us a review. Always nice to get those reviews. Six stars if you can, but five is acceptable. Uh, You can also find us on thegamedeflators.com, as well as social media, at Gamedeflators on Twitter, which I tend to be a lot more frequent on nowadays. And then at the game players on Instagram and Facebook, so you can see all the cool thic- pictures we have on uh, all of those. Actually, John ja takes nice pictures. I actually do take nice pictures. Um, and then I take pictures from other places. Do you <laughs> have one of those little revolving? I don't, but yeah, it'd be nice to do one in my game room. It'd be pretty sick. Ooh, uh, and then shopping network. <laughs> as far as this week's articles are concerned, we're going to talk about uh, Valve and uh, their interest in putting Game Pass on Steam. We're going to talk about uh, a. The talks of really a price increase on Xbox Game Pass and then PlayStation's uh, Project Spartacus and what's going on with that, which is pretty much the answer to Game Pass. Uh, So to start this one out, Ryan, if you want to go ahead and kick us off with the article names and such. All right.
1: So Valve more than happy to help Microsoft bring PC games to Game Pass to Steam. Bring PC Game Pass to Steam. Sorry. I read that weird. Uh, That's by Tom Warren at The Verge. And um, I dig this. So I have friends that are Steam people and PC gamers, and don't really have consoles to play with on. And I've told them several times, I'm like, "Hey, if you get this game, we can play together." Or like, "Hey, dude, I just got this awesome game on Game Pass. You know, it's like ten bucks a month. You should check it out." And they refuse because all their stuff's on Steam. They would rather pay. for this game, $30 for that game, $20 for that game on a game that they're going to play in like a week and a half, two weeks, most, beat it, and then never go back and play it again.
0: Versus Game Pass. Versus Game Pass, they could have,
1: yeah. All three of the games that I recommended to them that they really liked, they could already have beaten all of those and only spent, you know,
0: Twenty bucks. Can you remind me, which uh, version of Game Pass are you doing right now? Do you have like the ultimate? I setup have the or... ultimate one, okay. yeah, which is fifteen bucks. Yeah, because I think the console only is like seven ninety nine or something. The PC or, oh, PC only seven. I thought console because they have less nine. games. I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, I think that <clears throat> if
1: you got it onto Steam as a part of that, people would be more inclined because people just are not wanting multiple launchers. People just don't like loading up their games from different places on their computer because they're so devoted to their Steam library. Also, I mean, gosh, this would be a really good way to be able to play like Game Pass on like a Steam Deck would be really cool. You know, if it's going to be available through Steam, you know, you can market a lot of this stuff through there and that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that it would bring a lot of value as far as, you know, being able to to find it on Steam. Uh, the one thing I did remember reading when I, I checked this article out in particular is the questions around, like, Steam sales, right? So, you know, if Game Pass is on here and you're looking to download Game Pass um, and you have, like, that discounted rate, my assumption is it would just stay as is. They would never have some sort of sale on Steam for this unless Valve worked it out where it was like, hey, you know, we've got Game Pass on our library here for people have the ability to get it uh you know are you willing to discount it like the first month free or something like that i i don't well, know there's do, a lot of things on the back end they that- do
1: deals all the time where it's like you can do like game pass for like 5 bucks for your first month or whatever but they also were talking like you know of the sales cuz steam takes like a 30% cut of all sales that's true well the thing is on pc right now if you're paying 7.99 for the game pass on pc But they're talking, you know, we'll talk in the next article about a possible price hike for Game Pass. So if price is going to go up anyways, if you just instead have the 1099 as the pricing, you can basically just still make the same amount you were before. Steam gets their cut. And everything basically stays the same in Microsoft's eyes, and they're getting more exposure. Like, I think that, you know, even once they do a price increase, like, there's just such a good deal in Game Pass that the amount of money that Microsoft makes is less than, like, what they get from the exposure for it, increasing the numbers, evangelizing more people. And, like, even if they have to do it for not as much profit, like getting it onto game pass where or onto steam where, you know, it'll be on the front page and, you know, all of those new people that want access to those games and realize how much money they can save to steam. Like that's the one thing it's like, it's going to dig into the profits for those people. Like, I'm sure that, you know, I like nobody saves the world. It was really great. Um, Would I have bought it for $30 on Steam? No. But if it is on Game Pass and it's on Steam, then, you know, even though my friend paid $30, like nobody else is going to at that point. So is that going to ultimately mean less money for those developers that are putting their stuff on Steam? Because now they're having to, you know, go through Microsoft and then Microsoft is having to go through Steam. So you're adding just more layers to the transaction.
0: You know, I do question as well, like, you know, if Microsoft pursues some sort of partnership with Valve specifically around this, do they come back and say, hey, you know, we want to put Game Pass on Steam, and, but we don't want you to take a cut. So how about you put Steam on Xbox, you know, as an application that you can access titles and, I don't know, stream it on there somehow. I'm just, I'm curious if there's things that can happen down the road, uh, and this generation is... I think going to surprise us in many ways over the next five years or so. I would love to see something like that, mm-hmm. like different partnerships between different companies. I mean, the Sony could come through and say, Hey, we're going to have our new PlayStation Spartacus, you know, subscription. Yeah. We'll throw it onto PC. We'll throw it on the Xbox. That's an option for you. Now I, I would love to see that type of stuff moving forward. And it just kind of comes down to in a sense, what we already have with PC, right? Like based on the hardware you buy, you know, you, there's, You can go anywhere. You can buy whatever type of GPU you want. I mean, not really because they're not for sale right now for the most part. But, you know, you can buy whatever RAM you want. You can customize your PC however it needs to be. And then in the same way, consoles could be potentially agnostic in that, yeah, if you want to play older PlayStation games that are part of this PlayStation Spartacus, I'm just using a code name to use it, or you want to play Game Pass, like you don't have to have a specific console. You can yeah. just play it on any console. So I could see this type of stuff evolving into those partnerships down the road. Um, and it might honestly just become a must, you know, moving forward. I think Microsoft's really going to be the one that dictates how that happens. Um... And then as far as, uh, you know, the pricing is concerned, if we jump into this next article here, uh, Xbox Boss, I hate when they say Xbox Boss, because like yeah. a tongue twister. Uh, Xbox Boss? Yeah, Xbox Boss. Uh, comments on possible Xbox Game Pass price increase, and this is uh, Tyler Fisher at comicbook.com. So, long story short on here, uh, don't expect a price increase anytime soon, basically. So that's per Spencer on this. And... I'm questioning that because you know even maybe it's because there's a lot of negativity from like companies like Netflix for example boosting their price again I think they do it like once every year it seems they boost up a dollar and you have all these crazy price subscription services whereas Microsoft seems to be you know in a pretty good spot I mean you got your PC only you got your console only and then you got your ultimate along with you know everything that comes from that and I want to say they incorporate gold as well into it um, as part of that price point for some of them at least. And, you know, there's been some speculation that they're going to try to increase their numbers. And if they're to increase in numbers at that point, they could lay it out and be like, all right, we're doing a price increase. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be inevitable down the road anyways, just because you got to get
1: of, more people hooked before you jack up the price.
0: Yeah. But even so, it sounds like that's not the plan based on the commentary they've had. But then again, they could just be saying that right now to avoid that issue down the road. Right. Of people not signing up, knowing, oh, it's going to go up. I guess I have a question how much is it going to go up, you know, on an annual basis cuz it will. Based on the number of acquisitions they've got, based on the amount of money they're putting in the games, they're not stupid. Well, Microsoft is going to boost it up at some point.
1: Yeah, so 15 bucks a month, that's like 180 bucks a year. Yeah. I I mean, if you break that down, I mean, it was easier math before the new gen launched. So we'll just go with last gen. We'll say 60 bucks a game. Yeah. So that's three games. So for the price of three games a year, you get access to hundreds of titles. You get access to at least three day one titles a year. So uh, Halo, Forza, uh, pick one other Xbox game that comes out this year. You know, any of those make up for that. So if they jack it up, I mean, obviously everything probably only goes in $5 increments, I would think. Yeah. So 20 bucks two hundred and forty dollars a year for games so would i yeah i would do that i'd do 20 bucks a month i'd still get at least four games worth out of it a year as long as they're giving oh starfield that's coming out later this year starfield day one basically free for having game pass like that's so much more worth it especially because like you know I think that there's going to be more of an effort with these types of games to have exceptional releases, even though they are kind of protected from that. Like you would think that if the game's going to be free, that you would want to have it as polished as possible because people who will bounce off of it just won't come back. Whereas if you pay $60 for a game and it's buggy, Like, you already paid the $60 for that. You might as well come back once it's fixed up, you know? Yeah. Like, haven't I bought Cyberpunk before? I might be going back and checking it out now that it's all, you know, got a bunch of updates and it's in a much better place to play. But, you know, had I just tried it, I'd be like, I don't know, man. Like, it
0: wasn't really all that good. Well, and I wonder, you know, where they can kind of make up for it financially if like advertisements and such too. Not saying like video ads before you play a game or anything, but they theoretically could. They could say, hey, you know, it's 15 bucks Don't a month. Don't tell them that they can give us ads, John. Dude, come on, man. Marketing background here. So mm-hmm. when you when you consider that, I mean, imagine like you boot up your Xbox Game Pass and just before you start playing, they play like a 15 second advertisement. You know, if that's a way to keep that cost down, because they could say, you know what, it's going to be 20 bucks a month. But if you want to stay at $15 a month, there's going to be some ads.
1: That's all I want is my Elden Ring loading screen brought to you by Mountain Dew.
0: Honestly, <laughs> I would rather, instead of seeing a little like, tick, 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 I would rather just have like 30 seconds of that load time be a Mountain Dew commercial. And then when it's done, like, cool, Elden Ring, like, I'm good. That is the
1: one thing I guess I'll backtrack real quick. Elden Ring does have loading time.
0: Which is fine. I mean it is. And I'm not saying they would do it in the game, I'm saying before it starts. It's dramatically
1: less than Dark Souls 2. Yep. So I'm happy about that.
0: But but that's a way that a company like Xbox could keep that cost down for the consumer and then of course still make additional revenue is through advertisements, obviously. And that's how a lot of the world works nowadays anyways, as far as like on the digital basis and those subscriptions. Hulu still does ads if you want the cheap version. Is there you know? a way that I can
1: buy NFTs to bypass the ads? So that's, that I can get to my loot boxes faster.
0: Barry Corenza is cringing right now in New Jersey when he heard <laughs> NFT. Uh, <laughs> so, no, we that's a trend to end, sir. We don't need more oh, NFTs. Oh, if, if you hear this, I will be on the
1: Nintendo Fuse podcast tomorrow night, which might be tonight if this releases tomorrow.
0: Technically, yeah. So they so are live you on Mondays. If this
1: early in the day on 228, check me out tonight on Nintendo Views.
0: Yeah, I think they have a it's a live uh, version. Live on Twitch 630. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in time. Yep, check out Ryan; he'll be on there uh, chatting games, and then of course you can find them on uh, their handles on Twitter and Facebook and such as well. Um, so I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. This, I mean, it's a price increase; we can't really continue. Over to the competition. Yeah, over to competition, right? So uh, classic games will reportedly be a major part of PlayStation's Game Pass rival, and uh, this one is Jordan. Is it Midler? I can't. My eyesight is so bad, dude. At Video Game Chronicle. Yes. Okay, cool. Oh, I actually got that right. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I'll kind of comment off of you. So PS Now games
1: are what's going to be basically available for download. There's thinking there's going to be like several different tiers. Um, and that'll be kind of one of the main selling point is playable, downloadable retro games. So a month for the essential, $13 a month for extra, $16 a month for premium in comparison to Xbox. Now, the really bad part about this is for premium, $16 a month, do you get full games? Not really. Kinda, it's like EA Play. You get full game trials. I don't know if that's for every single game that comes out, but it seems like that, Grubb said. So, I just think that no matter how many old games are good on PS one, like I went back and looked at the PS now library and I didn't look at all of it. And I just don't think that for $16 a month, modern gamers want a bunch of old PlayStation games and a couple hour demo of new PlayStation games for $16 a month. Like, Maybe for older people that are more frugal, don't want to buy all these retro games, want to play them, haven't played them, don't like buying games day one unless they know that they're really going to enjoy them. So they play the demo as either a holdover until those games become cheaper or as, you know, like, okay, this is worth my time and money. That's just not enough to launch a service on. That's too niche of an audience. Like the fact that they are just so. And I don't know that they've directly said it, but the speculation has been very much that they're not going to put God of War, Horizon, Gran Turismo. Those are not going to be free or free to subscribers. Those are going to be full games that everyone will purchase. You don't get a. Maybe you get a discount. But it's stupid to pay monthly to get a discount and some demos and some old games. I just, I don't know what it needs. I don't know what PlayStation needs besides just saying you
0: have to put your first party titles on here. There's just not enough draw. Well, on top of that, you still have to pay for PlayStation Plus on top of all of that. So I thought that they would be merging these services, getting rid of PS
1: Now and PlayStation
0: Plus and creating a single. As far as I just read, I mean, I was looking through it. And, yeah, it sounded like you would have to also still have PlayStation Plus on the side. So, I mean, if that's the case, that's not very good.
1: Oh, so essential is PS Plus with the monthly games just like you know it today. So that's going to be the $10.
0: Yeah, so you're looking at basically –
1: You can add on to it for the extra services. So, I mean, I guess if you're adding $6 for the access to the retro games, it works for people that are already on... I don't know. It's just... It's a rebranding effort because they're getting so stomped. And it's just not marketable in the way that I think is going to be freshly appealing to people like it's hard to be like hey we're rolling out this brand new service actually it's two old services cannibalized into a new thing well that's a hard move to make with yeah. an
0: established audience here's the thing like essentials 10 bucks a month right and like they said it's the same as what we've had for uh you know playstation plus all this time so basically if it's you're you're basically just saying hey we're gonna be doubling the price of playstation plus and then you're gonna get a few bonuses here or there. They're not gonna give you every single component of this new Spartacus, right? I don't feel like level. I get
1: my money out of PlayStation Plus no. anymore either. I we I don't either. go on there and download them so we can say that we had pickups
0: this week. I mean, I play them every now and then, but like, there's not enough. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't feel that the value has been there, you know, on a month to month basis for PlayStation Plus at. I pay about forty bucks a year because I find discounted uh, codes no. to do it. So uh, I think right now you can go on. Well, I'm not going to give all all my secrets away, right? But there's a few areas that I go to to find discounted codes for PlayStation Plus. So I got it like forty bucks usually. Damn. And so you know, I I still don't feel like I'm getting my value out of that. You know, it's it's the equivalent of what like three dollars and something cents a month. And then I don't really need PlayStation Plus to play Apex, which is the only online game I play. Elden ring. I don't think is online in any capacity right now as it stands. Cause it's just, you have the spirit summons. You don't have any like, No, notes, it's right? multiplayer. They do a multiplayer now. Okay. Yeah. You can actually I sworn something. You can
1: summon up to like four dudes. I think you can have like four of you rolling.
0: Okay. So yeah, I didn't look into it that deep. I'd just been wanting to dive into it. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I'm not getting my full value right now to PlayStation. I'm not playing the games that I'm downloading for free. I'm basically paying 40 bucks a year for that. And if, And all of a sudden, it's going to be, hey, Essentials, $10 a month, and you have access to some of these other titles, plus it's basically PlayStation Plus as it stands. I mean, you're doubling the cost of PlayStation Plus. Yeah, because it's only like 60
1: bucks a year, right?
0: Yeah, it's 60 bucks a year, technically. So I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll have to learn more about this to kind of give like that full assessment on like, do I want to jump into it? Do I not? But another subscription service to me just doesn't seem like something I want to dive into right now. And I think a lot of consumers are going to start having like that subscription service fatigue. I finally went in and
1: canceled my anime services that I don't listen to anymore or watch anymore. Did you have Funimation?
0: uh, No, I used somebody else's code for Funimation. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I need to watch some Dragon Balls of GT. Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) And then I... What else did I clean up recently? I got rid of something else too. There's just a couple things like the only ones that i really like even hulu yeah. hulu has like a couple things that i like it's just enough to keep it around because it would be annoying not having it cuz i canceled it before yeah. and then i miss it uh like hbo only has a couple things netflix is like the staple yeah same i need my youtube premium so that i can avoid ads Like, I would die with as much YouTube as I watch if I had to deal with ads. So that's for my sanity. I don't have Spotify. Yeah. I I have the Viz app. The Viz app is probably the best one. It's like 3 bucks a month, and you can read all of One Piece. Like, that is the most value to dollar for anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just kind of goes into it, right? Like, you just rattled off a ton of subscriptions, and we have them too for... For our house. Uh, not as bad because we use other people's stuff for some of our things. Like, but
1: What are people watching on Paramount Plus? I don't
0: South Park. No. That's just the specials. The
1: new episodes are still on oh, HBO so through that's,
0: 2025. That's why you get your free trial on Paramount yeah, Plus. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My brother has Paramount Plus for some strange reason. I don't know why. But yeah, you're right. I don't know what people are watching that Ted
1: Lasso show is like the only thing people
0: even have an apple for well it's kind of like the old uh you know when the mandalorian came out where people were saying oh yeah downloaded my disney plus for the week now i'm well, done
1: well see i like disney because old disney movies are great yeah i know love old They're disney good. movies and you can re-watch disney movies to death
0: yeah Dude, we went off a rabbit hole on this one for sure. Uh, so, brass tacks. Brass tacks on this. Uh, yeah, we don't know fully yet. I mean, this is still very much up in the air with this pull Project Spartacus. There's various tiers that they're talking about that would rival Game Pass. Uh, let us know what you think about this. I personally don't know if it's going to be worth the money at this point. I would have to see a list. I really need to see what games am I getting out of it. Am I going to have the ability to play Three and four hundred dollar PS One and PS Two games. If so, then yeah, it's probably worth it at that in that regard. Like, are people dying to play Rule of Rose? No, no. Would it make this service worth it? Still no, still no. <laughs> but the fact that you could play it if you really wanted to, not it would spend be $800? cool for 10, 20 people. Yeah, there you go. Or if it like one thousand and bought it, or ten thousand, whatever that number is. All right. Uh, so I don't know. I guess you can jump into the inflation deflation here. Give us all the details. because right. my mouse is like so far away, I can't get to it.
1: this week, we have Discworld. Discworld is based off of the Terry Pratchett novels. Uh, I am very much into fantasy. You know, you've definitely heard us talk all kinds of Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. But I am not a reader. John has a bunch of horror books behind him, but he says he's not really much of a fantasy reader either. I read some Witcher. But neither of us have any familiarity with the Discworld series. But this is a point-and-click adventure game. We played it on the PS1. It came out for some other systems, too. It was developed by Perfect 10 Productions, uh, published by Psygnosis, directed by Greg Barnett, released in 1995. It is a point-and-click adventure title, and it has very good reviews. This game has, like, an 8-plus. Uh, people dig it. Uh, they worked... Very much with uh, the creator of the books and the worlds to build this game as not a straight adaptation of one title, but kind of an amalgamation of some of his works. Uh, he had released another game. I, th- I think it was based off of the Color of Magic. It said, and it was good, but it just didn't have like the pol- uh, the the dollars behind it advertising-wise to really get out and be a runaway success. So there was a hesitation to work together and get this project out, but it's voiced by very prominent comedians. Uh, even in the Japanese version, it has very prominent comedians and had a good reception over there. Um, it's a very interesting take on a fantasy world, very slapstick comedy, Uh, very much uh, Monty Python kind of humor if you're into that kind of like dry wit and, you know, a little bit of gags here and there. It's great stuff. I think that we only played for like, you know, half hour or so, but I mean, there was some laughs in there and uh, the animation looked great. This was a really decent experience and it sucks that this is like not a game many people are really going to have exposure to. It didn't do great, over
0: here uh did really good in europe though this is a game that 100 deserves some sort of like remaster by the way and i i was laughing so hard dude when it the mugging scene in the very beginning because that was just like it's the full like when you think monty python and you think you know this type of comedy That mugging scene was 100% what that is all about, and so it's like, you know, oh, put put your hands up. He's like, why am I putting my hands up? Well, this is traditionally how you know you as a victim and me as a mugger. I would appreciate to go through this process, (laughs) and you put your hands up, and so you put somebody's like, nah, that that wasn't very bad, was it? To put your hands up, and they're just going through that whole thing, and um, the Grim Reaper, where he's like, see you later, you know, like (laughs) you know, because you're about to die. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah. So as he's talking to Grim Reaper and he bumped into him, he's like, All right, I'll see you soon. And he walks off and then he ends up, you know, dying afterwards because that dragon. But I also laughed at the dragon where it's a shape and you look in a distance, he's like, That's a shape. It must be part of a plot point, but it's not a very good description as yeah. to what the shape <laughs> is. So, I dude, I, I love it. I love this humor. It's, you know, I told you about Blazing Dragons, how I played that one, and it was very much the same type of humor. I played voice this acting's one, great. Voice acting's fantastic in this. Uh, I, I played this a little bit in the past and, and enjoyed my time with it. Um, I didn't catch it, like, in the beginning parts like this. I actually caught it midway through and was playing with Justin for a while. So I absolutely loved what I played with him back then, uh, and I totally... I saved it obviously the data like I want to play this through this is a good one and I'm actually going to let it sit downstairs so that way when I'm done with to bug you yeah when I'm done with yeah exactly so when I'm done with Arceus I can jump into Majora's Mask or not Majora's Mask (laughs) Ocarina of Time beat that hopefully beat Ocarina of Time before I get a PS5 as well it's gonna be brutal dude the next few weeks um I'm going to try to beat Arceus by tomorrow night and then start the other two. Dude, I bet you could do it. Yeah, i, I got to figure this out. Ocarina of Time is not a long game either. No, I know, I know. It's just
1: a matter of getting through it. Like I've tried to play that game several times, and it's it's hard yeah. for me to get through
0: it. But I guess back on this one, uh, dude, I love it. I mean, the music is great in the back end. The comedy is fantastic. The visuals... For like an early on PS One game, it's which is in the long box style, uh, long cardboard box style. Actually, it's not even the jewel case version of it. Um, you know, plus just the ability to interact with all of the different elements. Um, we did
1: use a guide to kind of shortcut our way through, but I mean, traditionally, that if you're not familiar or haven't played point and clicks, they're not like super popular today. But I mean, half the fun is just seeing what the hell the narrator is going to say about every little object on screen. So it's like, you could put a ton of time into exploring and this world, uh definitely with its like comedy and, you know, adventure, magic foundation, there's like a lot of really interesting things. Like the, the first thing you need to do is like get your luggage off of the top of the dresser. And it's like, it's not as simple as just like, getting a stool or being a wizard and using a spell. It's like, okay, well, we got to make our way all the way downstairs, go to the broom closet, get the broom. And it's like, oh, a witch's transporting device. That's unusual.
0: No, He's like, it must be an original model. Yeah, yeah, it must be
1: an older model. And it's like, goes upstairs and just like pokes the luggage with it. It's like, you never know what key unlocks what lock in those games. And it's always fun to see. So, Well,
0: and he called... When you open a door and I, I checked the description, and it's like, it's a portalis exodus. And he's like, otherwise known as a common door. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's good stuff, dude. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we use the guide obviously to kind of during the 30 minutes be able to get through as much story as possible and, and interact as much as we could. But you probably caught me like interacting with every possible thing I yeah. could anyways. Cause so as Ryan was reading through and like, okay, Hey, you're going to go down the stairs and do this. Um, I was actively playing and just interacting with everything I could along the way. And it's just so much fun. It's such a great game. And I I couldn't recommend it enough, man. Like this think, type of game. I think... Well, here. Let's, yeah, go let's brass talk tacks. brass tacks. Yeah.
1: And then we'll be able to talk a little bit more. Because there are some significant differences. So, as far as... This version, we played the PlayStation version, completed box, seventy two nineteen. That's peaked now in March twenty twenty two. That's trending up. Loose fifty three forty two. Also peaked now, March twenty twenty two. Trending up. Now there are many different versions of this game, and they're kind of wildly different priced, and not all of them have the voice acting. Only the CD versions are going to have voice acting. So that's an important distinction to make. You know, I think that if this was just a text-based game, I mean, that's the origins of point and click. You'd still probably have a really good time, but I think the audio really sells it. And I think it's important to look at, you know, those types of versions. So, you know, uh, the most expensive version that you could buy is the PAL PS1 that's at seventy I'm guessing it's just a little bit higher because they probably have some more demand. It's more nostalgic over there. Uh, and then the cheapest version is going to be loose eight dollars and thirteen cents on the Japanese Sega Saturn,
0: which of course speaks to the fact that you know anybody outside Japan or doesn't understand Japanese is going to have a tough time unless there's subtitles. And at that point, is it as fun as just getting the English version?
1: Yeah. So there's uh, there's also a sequel, Discworld Two, which John wants to buy. Yeah, he was talking about. So maybe we will revisit this series sometime and again in the future, but. You know, overall, we're in a bubble. You know, we talk about this all the time. Like, game prices are not always worth what they cost. I think that this is a really good game. And I think what John said earlier, remaster this game. Remaster this game so that we can see a cheaper entry
0: point into this. And this game historically has been fairly... Well-priced, actually. I think it's been... I don't know if you have the his, the history on there through that price. Yeah, trend, it was not... Before everything blew up a couple years ago. It's been in the 50s plus for a long time, I feel. At least a few years. So, complete in box.
1: Uh, it broke 50 in like 2021. I mean, it was in the 30s for most of the last... Since like twenty fifteen, it it spiked there. So let's
0: just say, yeah. I mean, over the course of five years, it's been around that thirty thirty five dollar price range yeah. over time. And yeah, I mean, we have this bubble and things have spiked up, of course, um, you know, based on high demand. But I think even so, like, you know, yes, I think it needs to be remastered, cheaper point of entry. Uh, do I think it's not worth this? I, I would say honestly, seventy two bucks complete in box with the 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 larger. Um, cardboard, long box style for PS1. If you've got the book, all of that really cool stuff that comes with it. Uh, the fact that it's not exactly a common game, it's a night like the artwork on this box is fantastic and the gameplay is good too. I think, you know, if you're looking at it from a collector standpoint, 72 bucks is still, I think very much a good point of entry for a game like this um, based on, I would say, the obscurity component of it. Uh, so I, I would say... It's just right, as of right now, based on the bubble uh, that we're in with all of these games. And, and we say bubble, assuming it'll pop, you know, and games will go back down to a normal rate, but who knows at this point. Uh, and even back then, if you bought it at like 35 40 bucks, I would actually say at that point it was deflated uh, at that point. I would say it was worth more money. So uh, I'm going to say, based on today's trends, this game is just right. You should totally pick it up. You should totally play it. And you'll have a good time with it. I'm saying inflated. You're saying inflated. I think this is too Damn expensive.
1: Right. Uh, as much as I like point and click stuff, I mean there's you know I don't know. I, I just would never pay that much for this. I, I think it's too much. I get what you're saying. Uh I think thirty five would I would have agreed thirty five would have been maybe a just right for this.
0: Um so that's where well, we're at today. And Here's the thing. Uh, let me actually look up uh, how long it is to beat this one. So this game is about eleven to thirteen hours. I
1: mean, is that's probably playing it, not following a guide.
0: Yes, and so well, I mean, yeah. Most times you're gonna be playing it with it anyways. So because if and, you pl- like, just most point and clicks are like pretty quick if you know all the puzzles. I'm right. just gonna say the hear me out component here for this. At seventy two bucks, if you consider current generation games. That are coming out new at 60 and 70 dollars, and some of them have stories as short as like eight to ten hours depending on what you're buying like a call of duty or something along those lines if you like to play both of these types of genres and the new call of duty is coming out buy this instead like that that's what i yeah would, but you're not gonna
1: say. nobody buys call of duty to play the eight hour campaign and but then not so- play
0: hundreds
1: of hours yeah, of the online I get components
0: it. But there's so many online multiplayers that exist today for first person shooters, including different Call of Duty games. Like, do you have to play the newest Call of Duty game hundreds of hours? Or could you get a way of playing another Call of Duty that's been released, I don't know, multiple times in the last year? So I I would say if you're out there and you're looking at that nice shiny new game that's going to be $35 in the span of, you know, four months. Put your money towards this and then wait four months and then buy the other game. Okay, invest. Invest, basically. John's yeah. saying that this game is going up and it's going to keep going up, so buy now. Basically why I think it's just right. <laughs> now, if this hits $100, bucks, i am going to be like, nah, dude. John, we need to get you like one of those desks with like buzzer sounds. Like mad money? Yeah. yeah. Just mad money. <laughs> buy now, Discworld. Yeah. <laughs> disc, okay. disc, disc,
1: Discworld.
0: Buy. <laughs> dude, we were talking about getting one of those, actually. So, all right. So we'll put uh, just inflated <laughs> is just what our inflated. rating will be. Just inflated, uh, and yeah, I dude, I had a great time. So I'm gonna play through this at some point, and uh, I'll talk about it more down the road in the podcast. All right, I'll be in the lands between until next time we meet. Yeah, that yeah, I can't wait to hear more about this game. So you have to give us an update next week. So that all being said, on... Next week, we don't know what we're talking about topic-wise, but I do know that we are going to be playing some pro wrestling on the NES. You got it, brother. I'm going to kick your ass. It's going to be so great. So all of that wrestling I've been watching, just wait, Ryan. It's going to pay off in video game form. Uh, But that all being said as well, this has been episode 172 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.